to the game podcast hosted by yours truly ellie today i am delighted to announce that i'm joined by a man named carl quigley we were introduced in a slightly like passing ships manner but then we quickly became wrapped up in the notion of a mini DD campaign which is why we're here today but we'll get into that after we get to know carl a little bit more so carl welcome to the show how the hell are you and what have you <laughs> been playing you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm good. I'm not too bad. Uh, I'm a little tired, but uh, what have I been playing? Such is life. Such is life. But what have I been playing? <laughs> um, uh, I I wish I didn't have to include League of Legends in there, but it's like Why? an addiction. I hate League it. League is I, cool. What? I it's it's an addiction when you've been playing it for like a couple of years and you hate every time you play it, but you keep coming <laughs> back. It's Why? okay. So wait, we need to unpack that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Why why do you hate it, uh, first of all? Is it the community? I've heard it's that it's the, pretty toxic. It, it's it's one of the most toxic places on the internet. It is. Oh. Uh, it's awful. Um, I think it's just, yeah, it's just bad. It's bad people. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, I don't know. I don't want to, Let's just ignore League. I don't want to. I, don't okay. want to, I, sure. I hate League. But uh, <laughs> I, I, do you know, I've actually, I started, um, I got the Mass Effect uh, remaster collection which okay. uh, yeah the mass effect series was pretty close to my heart when i was very young there's a picture of okay. me at like seven or eight or whatever whatever year it was that mass effect okay. one came out christmas day holding the thing up and the remaster collection came out so i, I made my way through the first game and i'm okay. coming towards the end of the second game is it um, holding up because i've heard a lot of like they they ha- basically didn't improve the things that they could have they just like yeah skinned it <laughs> um yeah so like the like visually remastered some quality of life changes in general first like basically just the first game and um, okay. the first game was like super nostalgia the okay. theme kicks in and the, and the main menu and i was just like completely Charged. entranced straight away <laughs> and then i got like 20 it took me i think full it was 24 hours was my final play time for the first game and by like hour like 18 i was just like oh fuck this this sucks oh, this no. is it's just so it's just so grindy the combat's so bad but the second game i think is the best game in the series and it's holding up we'll see what's what the third I, see i'm surprised you actually went to the first because most people i've heard of has have just skipped the first game skipped it. I, you can't i'm meeting my boy garris <laughs> meeting my boy rex i can't leave like the the first game the first game holds such a, a place in my heart as one of those RPGs, uh, it was yeah, it was one of the, the foremost RPGs that I played when I was a kid, and it was mm. it was like cause I remember the demo and being like, you have a dialogue tree, like you can like choose <laughs> what you want to do, and you have like options, yeah, you could be you could be a dickhead to people. I was like, I'm a professional dickhead, um, so I I as was a in, child, as a child, that. as an yeah. as a whatever age I was, but that was that was exactly what I wanted, and it right. was it was cool and i just wanted it and so i just i couldn't i couldn't leave it no i didn't know how bad it was going to be towards the end but ultimately it is a it's a banger of an experience so like the the story the story held up it drags a bit at the end but it it held up and the second game i mean the second game is just the fucking best it is like yeah that's what people say i haven't played it i I just know see okay so when I, i think you know this um at the end of witcher 3 i received the bad ending um which destroyed me and mm-hmm. then everyone was like oh you think that hurt play mass effect uh-huh. <laughs> and i was uh-huh. like no yeah <laughs> never yeah 
Massive so that's point. all I know about it. I just know that it's like tragic, yeah. like unreasonably tragic at one yes. point. Yes. Yeah. So like the, the Mass Effect 3 ending has a, uh, I, I would probably like a global level of infamy uh, in terms okay. of the ending, because the, the, the ending is, is for, a, for a game, for an entire series that, that defined itself by literally being influenced by your decisions. So the things that you mm. did, people lived and died and they were remembered across games and you would have these people mm. talking to you uh you know like you um you get a woman's body released for burial for her husband and in the second game he emails you and goes hey thanks so much for getting her but like it's super no small way. but it's like really nice you get it and i was like cool. i re- i remember that guy and um the third game received a huge amount of infamy because it uh it's the same ending in three different colors um and it really fucked a lot of people off apparently they've changed it i'm looking forward to see when Ooh. seeing what happens but the second game you go on a suicide mission like oh. it, you, you know this from the start like it, it's going to be a suicide mission or it might be and depending on what you do and how you've built up to this mission in the game uh, anyone and everyone can die so oh. i i played it's like, like until dawn <laughs> yeah, it's like until dawn yeah, yeah. um but like you you aren't just playing them and getting attached to the people you are you're the commander so you're like Oh, help so your fault you're like in like intimately getting to know these people and like yeah. helping them get to come to terms with past traumas and stuff like one wow. of them like one of them is like a a child she's basically like they're called biotics they have like it's basically the magic of the world uh, mm-hmm. but it's not actually magic and you help her go home and, and like put a nuke where they like raised her as a captive warrior child and that's like oh. her like it, it's abandoned but that's like her cathartic escape from yeah. like her past and it's like that's awesome and then that's like cool. she can just fucking die in the final <laughs> mission because you <laughs> just you just fucked up and there's like i i played like 30 something errors as a couple of years i can't remember what the difference was between one and two how many years but like i played like a full playthrough and in the final mission my like one of my absolute favorite characters was killed because i made oh, the wrong gosh. decision and i was like cool turn my xbox off and i'm just gonna go restart yeah, this but- entire game Oh, oh, did you actually do it? Yeah, did the full <gasps> replay through. Yeah, hundred percent. I was a kid. Oh I had time, God. and I I googled everything, and I I said, "Fuck you! I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm going to save scrub the hell I'm out gonna, of this. I'm gonna scrub it. I'm gonna do it right. And like it was it was um not something I would do often. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't go back and like Google all the solutions to. I well, I mean, I guess it. to be fair, I'm gonna replay Witcher three. Like I know I am. Like yeah. I'm just somewhere in my life i'll i'll find the spare a hundred hours to replay yes. a game yes um, yeah. and that'll be fine it'll be it'll fine, be fine. I, i've i've tried to replay it i've tried but it is too big it is it's, it's massive it is too big. Like, i think i'll have to mainline it but the thing that i love so because mo- like mainlining it, i think is like 40 hours but the thing that's so remarkable about the game are the side quests yeah. like it'll be Absolutely. devastating to not to not play all those to not touch books. on those things like those are the that's why the game got good like it was because every yeah. side story was a, a quality plot like every absolutely but i'd love to know what like what do you actually do in your day-to-day life i know you write but uh, yeah uh, my day-to-day is is not nearly as uh, as exciting as video games or uh I don't know anything that we've mentioned before and after we started recording. <laughs> uh, I, I am I am a content writer for a international tech group. Uh, okay. So funnily enough, it was the course that we were in. Uh, that, yes, we uh, should mention that. 
Yeah. So yeah. he, we both, we did not take it at the same time, but Carl and I both took the um, narrative development in video games class that I took previously this year that a lot of my community would know about. But that is how we are passing ships because there is a Discord server that we just managed to like collide on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. for a tech company. So yeah, I write for a tech company. Funnily yeah. enough, it was the it was the this appearing on my CV uh, which got me that job. So oh, cool. I, yeah, they said, look, you've got an interest in games um, and you have experience in writing like uh, professionally. Uh, would you like to work for us? Or was it, oh, I did the whole entry thing, but <laughs> here's was, this job on yeah, a silver platter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After, yeah. After being unemployed for three years, uh, uh, I, uh, of like course, that. It do be like that. A course that I took for shits and giggles because I wanted to do something productive with my time. Yeah. Uh, ended up being the thing to like pique their interest in me. Not Amazing. my not my professional experience. Not my nah. college qualifications. No, no, no. Nah. Hey, that was neat. That thing that you did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, it is, it is quite neat because it's a, like they're like an entertainment industry, like support group effectively. So like Ooh. games, VFX, uh, like cybersecurity so they do like if your game needs cybersecurity if you need animation if you need developers if you need artists if you need vfx for your movies or your whatever like they just sort of provide that's so they're they're a startup um but there's a good chunk behind it so cool. it's neat i'm uh you know the cybersecurity guys actually helped secure the multiplayer behind doom eternal which was neat Stop. yeah which was really that's neat so, so cool so that that is plastered on every social it's like bang doom eternal we work for bethesda it's like we did yes. the one yeah so it, was, it was cool it they're a cool it's a cool group uh and it's a it's a neat enough job uh cool. to pass my time but that's what I, that was what my day-to-day -day is um, nice yeah. um and so you mentioned earlier that you you know you played mass effect as a child yeah. um mm. so how early did you start gaming like how long has your like gaming career been <laughs> um like my first like my first memory is mario 64 so oh, wow. somewhere in i was born in 94 so somewhere between 96 and 98 i reckon is probably when i started like actively, two years old picking up a active, controller <laughs> like the, like it's one of my first memories it's one of my first memories is the n64 on christmas day so like it had to have been it had to have been some like two or just three very early yeah just straight into it like i probably was older than that but yeah mario 64 um and like super mario 64 and stuff like that that's defining so <laughs> like uh 24 23 or 24 years i guess give or take like okay I, I so there early. were were there any gaps or anything like i took a lot a big gap for my education like, I like just, gaming. like, didn't play any games. Yeah. yeah. No, gaming's always been a big part of my life. It's been a pretty defining part of, I think, my, like, creative and narrative uh, mindset. Like, games have been a, a huge inspiration for a lot of my writing and for a lot, like, a lot of D&D, &D, obviously. It's definitely the, mm. the direct link to it. Um, but uh, not really. Like, the biggest yeah. gap I would have taken for games would have been like final year of college when i just had to stop playing for a couple of months but like other than that to, like game, do work <laughs> yeah yeah funnily enough actually i i had to stop playing the witcher 3 on playstation uh i was That'll on skellige after about 60 hours and had yeah. to take a full couple of months off and when i came oh back I had did you know no how to do anything <laughs> i i did not so i 
So and and again, this is one of the few games I fully restarted The Witcher and <gasps> played it plus DLCs to completion because oh, I was finished. God. I was finished college and I had time and I and I oh, man. played. I think it's probably about two hundred hours altogether now, like across PlayStation and PC. Christ. Um, but I haven't played it since. So I can't. I can't get back into it. I don't, I don't have the time for that anymore. I mean, um, that's fair. I feel like you've done your due diligence on that game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I will sing that game's narrative praises. Absolutely. Oh yeah, we can talk about that like we, until we the cows come home. Yes. Yeah. Um, but and I know this is a big question, and I yeah. promised before recording that I would give a disclaimer that this can be a series of non-committal answers because it's mm-hmm. very difficult to yeah. ask and to answer. Um, what is your favorite game? Yeah, that is like that is the kind of question you have to kind of like. All right, so <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's it's the kind of game you have to really. I think I think I said it to you just before we started recording. You when somebody asks you that question, whether it be books, movies, games, music, like you should be allowed like to offer five to ten, <laughs> like just answers. So I'm. I'll cap you at three to five. Okay, so so I I did I made a small list just of a couple of games, but I'm not gonna, so I'm gonna cut these ones out because I don't have to I don't have to talk about them with you because you know how good they are. So, <laughs> Witcher Three is gone because you know how good that is, and right. we know that it's a quality game. Right. I don't have to talk about God of War. No. I've seen enough of your posts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did Did you ever get into Ghost of Tsushima? Not yet. Not That's yet. on the list. It's happening soon. So that that is absolutely on my list. Um, yeah. Did you ever get into Hades? That's also on my list. Absolutely. Uh, Disco Elysium is also off the list because we know you oh, have only so just started good. this. Or like you're a good chunk into it now, right? Yeah, I'd say I'm half-ish way. So it's a banger. That's a banger it's of a game. so good. So uh, Titanfall 2 and Knights of the Old Republic are Ooh, the last okay. four. So Ghost of Tsushima is mm-hmm. a classic fucking story told really, yeah. really well. Uh, it's a just a great game mechanically it's so and a great game. beautiful yeah and i absolutely love it uh mm. i think it, it it did not get nearly enough praise uh despite getting quite a lot of it i don't yeah, think it got, got a lot of praise <laughs> it, it like it was i thought there was like i think it was pretty niche praise for me i thought it was okay. like the, the experience that i had i thought it deserved even more i thought it like it was, it was a great experience titanfall 2 is one of those things where you're like, but that's a fucking shooter game. Like, that's not that. It's like a Call of Duty. Hell no. Titanfall 2. One <laughs> hell of the, no. Hell no. One of the best, <laughs> one of the best buddy cop, uh, one of the best buddy cop, like, dynamics I've, I've experienced in a long while. Like, in gen- general, just sort of experience of, of uh, uh, two people, or at least one main person going through hardships and, and sort of, uh, just maybe just coming out on the other side, a, a change in different person. Uh, which is obviously the main guy, Jack Cooper, who's a rifleman who turns into a Titan pilot, the whole thing. And his Titan, BT-7274, who is a, ro- is a robot. He's a robot. and But the, they they emulate humanity is what the, mm-hmm. the... They're not actually AI. At least we don't think they're. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But they're really... It's, okay, it's great, all right? And there, there's a moment... The reason, the reason it's on my list is there's a moment where he... Ca- the, you are about to fall to your death and the Titan catches you. BT catches you. <gasps> And oh i've seen i've seen videos of this so yeah so he catches him and he goes thanks buddy and puts his thumb up and bt like looks at the thumb so confused and like zooms in and out and then like looks at his own hand and gives a thumbs up and so that shit good. it just it mm, it just, i was like ooh, there's so much in that like there's so much <laughs> to like 
There's like, ooh, there's like, there's like little grains. For and like people cute... that are just listening to the podcast, I think it's worth noting that Carl is mm. doing like small chef hands. By, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by like, like rubbing loads of sand between like your two, like all of your hands, all of your fingers. <laughs> um, I, I, it, it prompted a short story idea from me. Uh, cool. There was like something in there, and it ended up getting published. That that game holds like a, just a really little nugget of love for me. Uh, and then Hades, I'll let you experience it. One of the best. I just, I just the voice acting I know is supposed to be like sublime, and it's all it's like mainly by one man, isn't it? Uh, the main character uh, is voiced by this guy. He also did all of the music, and also that's what it was. Okay, one other character. It took him like. Two, somewhere between two and four years to record all of Zagreus's the main character's dialogue because it's just him and he has yeah. so much I haven't heard a single line of dialogue repeated yet and I have oh, played that game for a long time um, wait so is it a game that has an end or is uh, it yes it has okay. it has an ending and it has another ending sort of after that there's like oh. there's like because it's, it's a roguelike so the first okay. a roguelite I guess yeah so there's an ending when you first complete like make a run there's an ending mm-hmm. and then there's an ending further down the line oh and, see okay and then there's like the true ending i think i think i'm thinking i'm working towards that um dang but uh yeah it's a, a much game. smaller game than that that's cool it's it's chunky those guys mm. uh super giant games do not fool around when it comes to games <laughs> they do not fool around uh and then knights Hill republic is um just again one of those games i played at a very very Yo, maybe not young young but i was maybe preteen or early teen an influential age very influential and that is again <laughs> that is again one of the old classic uh rpgs um just a uh, just a great game and the same thing you, your 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 choices had influences your mm. decisions made impacts uh, and it was just a good uh star wars game it was also it it was good with the light light and dark system and that it okay. wasn't binary like you could be gray in the middle oh um, cool yeah but also like like any like any morality system that has just you know good right. and bad there is just like you killed a person right. and they didn't deserve it and it's like that is worth this many bad points right. so you donated <laughs> right. you donated to charity and that is an equal amount of good points to killing a human <laughs> it's like that's not that's not that doesn't work yeah I guess um, that's fair. You can't really build that binary of a system and call it a choice game. There's no way. Like, there's no way for that to go in a cool way. It it was neat though, and it, it was good for its time, and it still holds <laughs> up. The story holds up, but so <laughs> those are just a scattering of ramble dancers. I told you, I told you, you could be non-committal. So you know, you know, it's on it, me as well. It'll change. I'll give you different <laughs> of answers. Of course, it will. I'll give you different answers in the next couple of days. Um, <laughs> um so. Our topic for today is D&D, mm-hmm. um, and I maybe this was a bit of conjecture, but I kind of planned this question because I thought that I knew the answer, but oh. what got you into painting miniatures? Oh, because um, I assumed that was a D&D influence, but I'm su- not sure if that's right. Surprisingly not. No, I actually oh. haven't painted a single D&D mini. Uh, <laughs> I would like to, but I don't usually play with minis. I would play theater of the right. mind. Um my current group, my main group, which would be my brother's group, uh, are a very visual groups. So they do actually like a battle map. So we started using oh, yeah. tokens, but not actual minis. Um, okay. I think we'd like, they'd like to probably move towards a, a miniature uh, battle I mean, field. who wouldn't? It'd be so cool. But it I understand neat. how hard that would be to manage. <laughs> it, it, it's a lot of work yeah. on top of a lot of work. Right. Um, 
I'm happy to I'm happy to accommodate um but like it it's it's a lot of work to get um to get that going and I I'm not a very visual person I like I like theater of the mind you're so. not a visual person I think you're the yeah. only person I've ever met to say that I it's rare enough yeah. that someone is like nah I'm I'm only yeah. auditory I yeah I or... guess um I guess maybe like visual visual would be in that sense like maybe like in D&D in, cre- in creativity like I'm a writer right. I'm a I'm a like and D&D everything creative about me stems from the writing because that's it was the earliest right. influence so everything's been in here so I haven't really needed visual influences but um this might sorry I'm gesturing to my hobby table which is <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's where all my minis are so that's I got into it because of Warhammer 40,000 which is a a whole other kettle of fish but okay. um I did that when I was very young dropped out of that when I got to 12 or 13 just it costs money and sure. like the minis are expensive and then I just dropped out of the hobby itself because I was too mm. young to like get into it so I just sort of was like this is fine and then I made friends coincidentally D&D friends who I was like when do you guys play uh, Warhammer are you into uh, Warhammer and they're like oh yes we have like several thousand points of armies like ready to go oh yeah so they were all super into 40k as well uh, and then I was like well hey I, I want to get back into it and so they all got back into it with me and Cool. Um, that's 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 where my mini painting comes from so uh oh, yeah it, it is it is surprising that i'm into D and i have never painted i really thought any... that that would be like the smoothest segue that i could plan it seemed like so like you know <laughs> put those hands together kind of moment i'm so but sorry it's fine you just foiled my plans it's okay <laughs> that's my job uh, but I wanted to ask because I I have a lot to pick your brain about when it comes sure. to DMing anyways. But I want to know because you actually like you broke my brain the other day when we were talking about it because I didn't think about the idea that if like a bunch of friends that have never played D&D before start like decide to start a campaign one of yeah. them has to sacrifice playing before yeah. DMing. Yeah. And I like that concept just broke my brain like i was like oh my god of course that has to be the situation somebody, somebody has to pick up those reins so, yeah yeah um, so how long did you play or did you play before starting I to did. dm yeah i did i did play um i was uh the group that i just mentioned i met them through a, a very good friend of mine uh, aaron murphy he okay. was uh i was in college uh doing i was games editor for the university observer in ucd and the one other person who had applied to games editor he was the film and TV editor. He was Aaron. And I was like, I knew he was a big nerd. I knew he was my fucking people. So I was like, right. hey, Aaron, what's good? <laughs> right. like, what's good, man? You uh, feel familiar. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was very familiar with him. So immediately, he, we sat down next to each other in our first meeting. And they were like, oh, Carl, uh, welcome. That's Aaron. He's the other person who applied for games. And I immediately just sort of was like, hey, man. He was like, what's up? And just immediately, <laughs> like, just, <laughs> just, just knew exactly, like, where we were mentally. Um, and uh, he, I said to him, I was like, man, I'm, I'm craving to get into D&D. And he was like, I run, like, four games. And I was like, well. Um, so he introduced <laughs> me to D&D, to that group. And I played with, uh, well, actually, with an initial group for, a couple of months and then he introduced me to another group uh, of his friends from wexford and um, oh, okay. the, the wexican group is what i call them and Stop. it's been it's been like six or seven years and i still refer to them as my D friends despite the fact that it's been <laughs> like over they're half just a your decade friends now, Carl. they're just my friends <laughs> just I, have to, I have to deal with that um but uh yeah so I, I played like as a player only i played for about six months um okay. after okay that's short enough 
it was pretty short after six months like, i would chat to aaron a lot about about D, about uh, game about playing and then a lot about dming and sort of like picking his brains about what was going mm. on behind the scenes and like what he was doing because he was a he was a creative he's a he's a musician and okay. so but he has a he's a big flair for that like uh the narrative side of things and we were just chatting Same. and then i yeah yeah <laughs> that's like, exactly my background <laughs> you'll fall into it you'll fall into it i know you will uh you'll fall into dming i'd say because it, it's I just want i want to was, that's one of the reasons I wanted to pick your brain is because, yeah. like, I know it's something I'm going to geek the hell out yes. over, um, yes. but I want to so, spend some time. But playing. that's it, like, absolutely, like you, you'll you'll enjoy your playtime. You will have a blast. You'll you'll like hold on to your character, like the character that this is for. Like I played him for like two or three years, mm. um, and then I so six months in, and I just I just needed more. I needed okay. more D and D, so I ended up I bought like uh back there about the player's handbook um yeah. and i uh very funnily the, the the answer of like how long have you been dming it's my relationship plus half a year that's, that's so funny so <laughs> so because i was i was on the bus down to see my partner who is quincilla also from wexford she lives in in Enniscorthy, and it's uh, all meant to be it all happened in uh, wexford it had, yeah it, it all happened at wexford uh, <laughs> so bloody wex wexigans um so i was i was on the bus down to Enniscorthy reading the player's handbook just like oh, like amazing. like cover to cover just like just everything and uh yeah I it it came from a need to get more D&D but it was because I it's because I was a creative I wanted to make my own world mm. uh, I wanted to like I wanted to because I, I I at that point I'd written short stories and books and stuff and I wanted to I love I love the idea of being like well I'll make a world and then put people in it and then I will lose control of that world right. and then the protagonists that aren't me they aren't in here will right. do things and it will be cool and I was like that's awesome that idea is yeah so do incredible. you find that like that loss of kind of control in that situation is that more yeah. like was it scary in the beginning and now it's fine or has it always been like kind of exhilarating so yeah so luckily Aaron is Aaron was a, a great mentor in that he he led he set me up very carefully not carefully like just he was good he was smart he knew exactly mm. what most people fall into because he had fallen into that hole like pretty much everybody would without a mentor without somebody mm-hmm. telling you what was going on so it links into the idea of me being a writer where somebody mm-hmm. goes like how much of the you know you're like like I have, I have a master in creative writing. It was like, how much of that do you use in D and D? Fucking nothing. Just nothing. Just <laughs> abandon that. Because really, yeah, like, yeah. So you've got to you use use the use creative writing for like the world building and the lore, the stuff mm. that the players don't really experience firsthand. They experience it through in game interactions or through history checks and that kind of thing. Um, so it is, it is. It's it's my world, but only in so far that I've made it. And then you have to abandon any sense sure. that it, you can't that it have expectations. Yeah. yeah. So like, so I leave the writer at the door when I mm. DM because it's not my story. It's not my narrative. Um, you'll see a lot of horror stories of of like railroading and like, oh, my players aren't doing what I want them to do. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? <laughs> These Your people players... aren't acting out my exact yeah. scenario. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like it's like don't don't do that like that's not good so um the loss of control at the start definitely was alarming but not for the loss of control it was for i was dming for the first time and i didn't really know 
what to do or how best to react to these things. And that's right. the, the true skill of a DM isn't creative writing. It's improvisation. And oh, yeah. I, yeah. So I, w- I won't pretend the creative writing doesn't help. There yeah. is, uh, like Aaron and I would talk uh, a lot about how, uh, our, like you and me, like our understanding of, of a narrative structure, mm. satisfying narrative beats, uh, interesting narrative like conflicts and cooperations like these things make a satisfying story and that's what D is it's a cooperative storytelling moment right like every every session is just a little little like bard's tale that is collected and then mm. added to a thing and so um that's that's what D is it's it's the storytelling of your part of your party you are just mm. the narrator you're not the you're not the writer and so that's like okay the, backseat he just disappears and then D dm carl comes out which is like you want to just all right sure fine just ruin <laughs> and they he, like back like d like writer carl has like duct tape over his mouth and is like like bound and gagged in the back <laughs> screaming I, I actually okay so my um all of my knowledge of D comes from the podcast that i listened to by scott johnson there will be yeah. dungeons um and i mean it's phenomenal it's such a good podcast um but <laughs> there's been a, there's been a few times and like the dm for their game is phenomenal like he's yeah. he's unbelievable bo schwartz um and i've you know i mean god i've spent so many hours listening to these people i think i'm on like episode 60 or something and they all are like a proper session like it's like three yeah. hours yeah um and it's a, it's a whole thing um but i was listening to an episode the other day and it was just like one of the characters who he just plays a barbarian so unbelievably well where it's just like this is the way i think it doesn't matter that I'm actually a human saying these things. Um, and you could just see on Bo's face that he was like, what? Okay, <laughs> we'll do that. And it was like leaving a trail of bananas, like Hansel and Gretel crumbs. Like he was just like, this is what I have to do. I'll just throw yeah. a banana out and they'll know to follow. Yeah. And and it's just like, I feel like those kinds of moments are like, I feel like as a DM would be the highlight of your DMing experience to be like, yeah. my people are so weird. They think about yes. things so differently. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that is that is the beauty of of D and D is I think you as you said like the loss of control and I think the loss of control is actually probably the I've realized it's probably the best part of of D and D. Um, I used to plan out uh so like session start and then I would plan like you know like point A point B point C you know like uh, maybe a social encounter here that could be combat a full social encounter here and I would like plan out these bits. Okay. The more that you plan, the more that they will just be like over here instead of here. <laughs> like, right. If this is your line, they'll be up here or down here. They'll, they'll just leave. <laughs> so like the loss of control is where those moments live. Those moments yeah. where there there was a there's a couple of times when they were like, Oh, like we after the game, they say, like, Oh, we saw like really annoyed you that one time. I was like, What do you mean you annoyed me? And like your face. And I was like, No, no, that wasn't me being annoyed. <laughs> That's my thinking face. That, no, 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 not even that part. Like that was me going, Holy fuck, that's what you're doing in this situation? Like blown away that I like, <laughs> every because you're like, oh, okay, well the boss will have these twelve safeguards like these 12 contingency plans mm. and they will find the sixty thousand other things that you never thought of <laughs> right. because you aren't six other human beings with their exactly. own experiences yeah. That, that, yeah the loss of control is where the i think the beauty it's where the creativity happens of those moments where yeah. i say something stupid offhand <laughs> to like 
cover something for improv <laughs> and then somebody like grabs onto it with both hands and goes let me let me let me use this let me think about this for a second like there's a um my my mate Aaron I'm, I'm playing in, in one of his games one of the few times I'm playing at the moment uh, and I'm playing a dwarven barbarian and okay. uh, a, a group of uh, lumber men logmen I don't know what logmen. to call that definitely. that's definitely yeah. the term logmen so so a number of logmen challenged my warrior friend he's like a, an ex-soldier to uh if you could throw logs far enough okay and um the the bet was some gold and like if you beat me enough you'll get this special thing and uh one of them said something one of them made an offhand remark about like oh there's like a thinner longer log that the women throw and uh everyone's kind of like okay that's weird and they're and they're like oh his sister's over there and uh i was like does this lumberjack have a sister like (laughs) these these men are burly and i am a dwarf (laughs) do they have a sister and he was like yeah you notice one of the men is actually his sister and she was like this like (laughs) like like bigger than any man there with like a a bit of a beard (laughs) and i was like my character has fallen in love with this meme that you've just pretend like accidentally put forward because somebody (laughs) made a joke about his sister and uh i immediately entered the competition for an an opportunity to just hang out with her for a while i love that and uh, i rolled like a fucking 19 on my log toss and absolutely decimated and i had a lovely time with gerda and i had an ale with gerda and we shared a we shared a a brief kiss and uh, gerda gerda went home that night a uh, happy ending a happy ending and and fargrim can't wait for the second date so (laughs) it is it is those moments those those just stupid yeah just the spontaneity of humans that's yeah. that's I mean, that's D that yeah. that just right there is D D to me like that absolute beauty of um just ah yeah just perfect <laughs> sorry so with that in mind um because i definitely thought that there was more of like the point a point b point c yeah like idea of your trajectory and everything so how long does it take for you to put it put together a campaign like i guess of a reasonable size you can tell me what's reasonable yeah. <laughs> um like yeah like what's reason like so this is a folder that my partner got me thanks beck i love you um Aww. this is uh, yeah this is and so this is like all of the things i have for the campaign so far so that's like all session notes just there Jeez. and then there's like other like lore and like the pantheon and there oh and like locations gosh. and stuff so like but that that's what i do because i like doing it so I would be the same. Detailed yeah, and, like, and and you know, like that's the kind of thing that you have to come to terms with that players aren't going to care about, or maybe not mm. even hear. Like a, a campaign, I wouldn't plan out a campaign A to B, like the end. Okay. Like I, I wouldn't say like this is what happens and this is where how where it ends because this campaign originally started out to be a uh, there was going to be an underground vampire court and they were going to do a whole undead army thing and it was going to be super neat because I was playing the witcher and i was watching castlevania and i was watching dracula and i was like let's go that'll do it and that was super neat and then um i ran a one shot for them uh Mm -hmm. before they finished the first campaign i ran a one shot for them and the they fell in love with their characters and i ended up i was i was going to use that as the the intro to the second campaign's world so they were going to create new characters and then in the second campaign hear about this town where the one shot happened and they were going to oh shit so it's the same world and they would have suddenly opened up to all this lore 
and so that changed the world because i was like mm. the, the one shot hit with them so well that they loved the idea of it and so chaos became a much more central like theme so cool. like I, w- I wouldn't say planning a campaign because i don't really have like an actual time limit on okay like a, a campaign but like a session would take me it's hard to say because I, I have so much back planning because of the campaign campaigns mm-hmm. obviously like you you can plan like so much and then a, a session might only take you a couple of hours to just put the things together okay but like on average i would say like three three to four hours if the game is if a game is like three For or four the campaign hours long, or a session uh like a session if wow, okay. yeah so like if uh if say if we had like a a, a we have a game coming up on Saturday. It's going to be a good like five or six hours a campaign. So no way. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, five or six hours session. Uh, it's been a while since we played, and I would say I I planned. I'd say more than double five hours. Like I play ten, eleven yeah. hours planning this session. It's a big one, yeah. but like I have the A to B planned, which is I I have where they start and where they're going to end, and the the strength of a dm i don't want to say like the strength of a good dm because it's implying that i'm like i'm the good DM. <laughs> i'm a but great like, dm yeah i'm a great dm <laughs> but like the, st- the strength of a dm is is having a satisfying endpoint and getting them there regardless mm. of so i guess i guess that sounds kind of ra- railroady they will always get to here but the circumstances mm-hmm. of how they get to there sure. is so like they could get to here like up down like, like they could get from any angle they come this way by accident and um, mm. the what happens after B will change entirely based on how they got there. Okay. So there is there is a level of uh, the illusion of choice. We learned about that in the narrative sure. design. There are plenty of choices they make that aren't actual choices. Yeah. But I make yeah. but yeah but I make sure that they I make sure that that choice has an impact. If they sure, wanted yeah. to go to yeah. If they wanted to go to an abandoned house instead of the tavern, there might mm-hmm. be similar information to be found there, but I will make sure that they get a benefit of going to the abandoned house rather than the tavern. Like the, sure, there always yeah. has to be agency there and, and, and reward for their actions, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that isn't a hard and fast rule, you know, like the, the, the end point can change. The end point can be, and a football field away from where i thought we'd end you know like there's been times <laughs> right there's been times when you put like a, a villain never that's a tip for d for you and for dms never put a villain in reach that you aren't ready to die like right. just don't, don't do it if you're like and then he cackles and teleports away they'll counterspell you and murder him don't do it they will they will Is that find a specific the way. thing that's happened to you no because i'm smart enough not i've been warned enough not to oh, do it you've been warned um, okay I was warned not to do that because like I I had no it hasn't happened to me it hasn't happened to me because I well, I know how dangerous players are. You are going to be my DM for a very short period of time and you better believe I'm going to try to do something. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to put plenty of villains to unceremoniously and earlily meet their end uh, <laughs> at the behest of a southern bell yeah. with a yeah okay oh that's we should briefly talk about that because we i feel i mean i had a blast i don't know about you but i had a blast doing the character creation sheet um so i am a southern bell wood elf barbarian with a folk hero story is that yes your folk hero background yeah yeah um so all of those on the face of it sound like they would not be complimentary items (laughs) But she, I think, makes so much sense. Like, 
as a folk hero, it makes total sense that her entire goal for her adventuring career is to dismantle the patriarchy of the multiverse. And uh, <laughs> it's so good. It's just so good. Um, and the Wood Elf Barbarian combo is not one that I would have previously anticipated yeah. like making sense because you think of like wood elves as being like you know these sleek like rivendell type creatures mm-hmm. um and i want my barbarian to be like thick and strong yeah but like yeah. it makes sense no no yeah this is this is the benefit of i think a lot if anybody who knows D D, they'll be going wood elves can't be barbarians they have plus decks which is not bad and plus um whiz yes whiz um but the the benefit of of using tashes which is you can just put your stats wherever you want yeah. because those stats are archetypal archetypal uh wood elves not every wood elf there should be slow wood elves there should be mm-hmm. stupid wood elves there should be big thick tough wood elves so yeah, it's like and i mean like is, she's going to be doing the wolf pack thing like the animal yeah. totem stuff yeah. like come on it makes this sense is- and and when you when you take the stat away of like oh but she can't be strong and tough and you go what else are thirty five speed not thirty so they already get faster speed yeah. it kind of makes a lot more sense and then hiding in plain sight uh, in like lightly obscured areas makes you pretty scary um, yeah so yeah I mean this is this is the benefit of uh, they're definitely moving towards it the more malleable character creation <laughs> and I love it because it's it's where this shit lives yeah. uh a southern bell wood elf barbarian who wants to crush the patriarchy in the multiverse <laughs> welcome welcome to D and That's... also before her adventuring started because carl is just reading out the list of things that i could have like had a trade in before all mm-hmm. of this this you know our adventure began or whatever and he was like there's a it's a long list so just shout whenever something's interesting to you and for some reason glass blowing just really like sang to my heart mm-hmm. so i have yet to build her backstory around the glass blowing and why that changed um yeah but <laughs> yeah it's definitely I'm so excited for her there's there's two and rightfully so there's two <laughs> backstories that have occurred to me which is okay. a you go for the classic cliche that she was a glassblower she was mm-hmm. delicate and she was calm she mm. had like a steady hand and she became a glassblower and then a patriarch a, a figure of the patriarchy smashed <laughs> your glassblowing stand the other side mm. is i the other side which i just thought of is that maybe she became a glassblower post tyrant defeat to mm. establish how weak and fragile the patriarchy is. So for oh. each, for each like ceremonial do, droppings of all you, the <laughs> you, you blow a lovely like delicate glass for each, and you go, "This is the patriarchy," and then you smash it. So <laughs> oh my god! That maybe would be there's, there's 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 some options in there. There there's are there's like this is the thing that I find to be so remarkable about D and D. Like there are so many options. Like you just, rules just don't apply. When it comes Literally to creating infinite, yeah. certain things, it's it's yeah. so cool. It's um, beautiful. I have to ask you though, what has been the most exciting thing that you've created? Like, what has been the thing that like you made it? And you were like, brainchild, I love this. <sighs> oh man! And um, don't feel any sort of like Irish guilt on like being proud of something. No, you've done. no, no. Like, no. just I've, be like, yes, this is no, the time no. that I kicked ass. Yeah, well beyond that. No, I hate, I hate that. Um. I hate that Irish, yeah, that Irish girl thing. Between between <laughs> writing and like having good friends, like embrace positive good. mental health and stuff. I'm well past that shit. Good, good. Um, I'm glad. 
So I'm trying. I'm trying to think like the, because like when you say something like that, I want to go big. I want to say like this world I created, but it ultimately, have to be big. yeah. This. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking. So I, I'm not sure if any of my players will listen to this, but luckily, I, this this plot point has <laughs> Rude, already. Are you saying this? Oh, sorry, has been no, sorry, like sorry. Incredibly famous podcast. Sorry. Well. Maybe. Um, so <laughs> they listen to uh, your voice enough. I understand. They they listen to my voice a lot, and it's <laughs> it's grating. Uh, so <laughs> so there is um it is my it's the current campaigns for that folder that I showed there. Okay. It is called the Five Continents. Now there's a couple of things in there that I've I've enjoyed making. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I've created them because I um it is a piece of advice that I would give to every creative, every DM out there. Art is theft. Okay. Steal. So every a lot of the good stuff that I have is obviously stolen <laughs> Just, and, and then So PSA, condoning thievery. That's absolutely that's the takeaway from today. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, don't plagiarize. Don't plagiarize. Just but steal. if you if you like an idea, take it <laughs> and then make it your own. Make it your own. So that's that's the real part where you avoid the plagiarism is that you make it your own, you change it. So there's right, like rephrase. a cool one. Yeah. Re- <laughs> no, don't rephrase it. I can't take it and then don't do that um (laughs) like there's a couple of cool things in there which is like i really enjoyed i saw somebody talk about how dwarves display their heritage in their beards Mm. Uh, and so like dwarven society in in this world is the same it's like fully like it's an incredibly straightforward society because you can tell who somebody is what clan they're from, what status they are, what their profession is, if they've served in the military, if they're grieving as a widower, widower, if they're dating somebody, everything's on their beard. Okay. It is literally like, so like a black bead means you're a widow or a widower. A red okay. bead over here means you're courting somebody. Uh, a Ooh. white bead means you're married. Uh, iron rings mark five years of military service. And it's all this stuff. And I love it. It's super cool. It's super neat. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then, the, uh, and this is a, a fact that I will put into every D&D world forever, <laughs> which is okay. uh, uh, at the start of time, female dwarves can't grow beards. That's a fact. And then okay. there is always a female dwarf who goes on a journey and okay. arrives at Moradin's Forge, who is the god of dwarves, and just declares, just like goes, this is going to happen before I leave, which is female dwarves get the choice to grow beards. Because Ooh. I always, because like that's a that's a joke that like you can't tell female dwarves apart. Now in the D and D world, that isn't true. They, they are very clearly distinct. But mm-hmm. I I always love the idea of of a a, a female like warrior hero arriving mm-hmm. at like the crack in the material plane and just being like, I get to grow a beard, and that's my choice. <laughs> you are going to give I me. Came for. <laughs> this is you're going to give me. So so Kristak Godseeker is the is wow. the female dwarven hero she for forwent her um clan name because she literally sought out Moradin and said that i get to grow a beard if i want to so female dwarves can choose to grow a shorter um albeit just as thick beard or they can not and they display their heritage in their hair and in their um however Very they cool. like it um but uh that, that actually wasn't going to be the one but i like that i do like that a lot the, if the, you have another thing that you'd like to there, talk about there there is um my <laughs> so, yeah so this you is the thing. so stressed about it just, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> torturing my players is the greatest thing and that's that <laughs> okay. is that like like making your players the, i think this is probably why, why it's my one of my greatest moments and like creations is because the reaction i got at the table is something that you like dream of Okay. Which is uh, my brother's character in this world is an Azamar uh, warlock. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he, which is so in this world, he wanted Azamars to actually be uh, from the upper plane. So Azamar are like uh, at some point in your heritage, somebody in your heritage had sex with like uh, an actual angel or some okay. kind of celestial. So you are like angel blood individual. Um, the alternative is a tiefling, which is the exact same, but a devil or a demon. Right. Um, and you're like horned and red skinned. So he wanted, he's the only Azamar in the party. He's like, can I be, can they be like literally mini angels? I was like, yeah, that's dope. Sure. So he's from the upper plains, but he was a soldier who died in a battle. And he was like, I, I want to make a pact with something. And I was like, are you cool with me just designing that pact and like not telling you who it is and he was like yes that's yes so i made him make a deal with the devil literally made a deal with the devil so as a servant of the upper plains he made a deal with asmodeus the 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 lord of the nine hells and that's so cool he he made a deal yeah which is dope so he made a deal with the devil so that he could come back and kill the demons that were hunting the rear guard so essentially he makes a terrible decision for the best reason you know that classic story right and as a result when he returns after saving the rear guard they kick him out of heaven and they say they kick him out of elysium and they go like you made a deal with the with like you broke our rules he doesn't know who he made a deal with um oh my god this oh my god so it's, so it's, it's just like ooh, right so he <laughs> yeah it's he the learned, tiny chef hands in the sand it's the, again. <laughs> the, 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 the sand all over again so when he so when he got to the mortal plane he was literally cast out his wings were like torn from him and he was cast ooh. out and he lands and has no recollection of why he was cast out he just knows that he made a deal with something dark he doesn't know what it was and after a couple of sessions uh, there was a lot of suspicion, so Asmodeus, uh, it had to be revealed that he had made a deal with Asmodeus. Okay. And this whole thing came as everybody was like, oh shit. So there was a lot of cool stuff of like, can he hear us all the time? Because he was trying to find a way out of the, out of the pact. Uh-huh. And um, this, this, this came to a conclusion, not a conclusion, a midpoint where uh, another player, uh, Killian, if you listen to this, you're a great player. Uh, <laughs> he, he made, he made this, this, cute little like 20 something year old gnome which okay. by our standards like our age would be like a like a 13 year old girl child like an actual okay. child and she is a prodigy of magic because oh. her her dad was the super cool war mage and she like read his spell book from a young age and like really like immediate infinity for it and that. he ne- he never came back from his last deployment so he never came back so she was just alone right my brother his character is in a library trying to figure out um, something. And he is flipping through a book and a person approaches him, hooded and cloaked, and like forces a token into his hand, this like thing into his hand. And is like, you and I are in very similar positions. Okay. You are like, I'm stuck. Like I can't be saved, but you still have hope. And um he was like take this token you'll know it when you see it and he was like what the fuck and then alex my brother looked down at the token and when he looked back your mom was gone and uh, they were like oh fuck what's going on and so my brother was like baffled and stuff and out of fucking nowhere greta you're also an amazing player and i asked her (laughs) later why did you ask me this question and she didn't she didn't have any suspicions she just wanted to like be like oh what's his eye color because she thought she'd like catch me out or maybe she's just curious Uh uh-huh Killian's character, Rosie Wise, Silverlight, her family is named for their incredibly unique silver eyes. Okay. 
And she was like, what color were his eyes? And I was like, Tural, my brother. I was like, Tural, uh, his eyes were a piercing silver and he was a gnome. And Kill at the table was like, that is not my dad. That is not my dad. He was like, no fucking way. Uh, and my brother, my brother was like, do I know any other gnomes with silver eyes? And I was like, you only know one other gnome with silver eyes. You've never seen another gnome with silver eyes. And he was like, oh um, okay. So the, this whole thing where he goes, where it's like, my dad's dead, but he came back to you. Like, why didn't he come back to me? So I can't talk anymore because that hasn't come up yet. Oh but... my God. Oh, I like, I'm so... like enraptured though. I want to know so what this happens is... with that storyline. Like, me too. Because I can't, <laughs> I can't execute it until we play more sessions. <laughs> so um, that, that is, that is one of those moments where <laughs> just a player yelling at me that that twist didn't happen. Like, no, that's <laughs> it. No, that's, that's not my fucking dad. Um, oh that, that it's it's moments like that where you're just like mm, more mini That's chef hands. So cool! So. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so I was I was quite proud yeah. of that. One. <laughs> that is certainly a high note to leave it on for this episode. I think that's so fucking rad. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about that like set of circumstances for too long. Um, but Carl, where can people find you? And do you have anything you wish to promote? Uh, I am a remarkably private person. Uh, that's sorry, totally actually, sorry, fair. that's you don't sorry, actually, to... not a, not even in that way. Actually, sorry, I just meant that like I don't have any public profiles. Like I don't. <laughs> okay, um, okay, you're just uh, here for fun. I'm I'm here <laughs> I'm here for D and D and people yelling at me that that isn't true. That's <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Perfect. All right. Well, um, if you want to stay up to date with everything late to the game. Oh wait, actually, I have an annou- announcement. Um, it's like a kind of a little itty bitty baby announcement. Um, my community is fully aware of the fact that I'm trying to build a PC and the parts will just not arrive. Like they just, they will not come in. Amazon has been the worst. Um, so we'll see when that happens. But in the meantime, I have potentially found a way to do a little bit of streaming. Um, so more news will come uh, in a few weeks on that but get freaking ready because i'm very excited about that um but besides that if you need any news and you want to stay up to date on all things late to the game please go to my website redellygamer.com that is r-e-d-e-l-l-i-e-g-m-r.com and we will see you next time so thank you so much everyone and thank you so much carl for being here it's been an absolute uh, pleasure thanks for having me that was a blast Good, great. Okay. We done. We done? We done. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk way too much.